All right. I am on with the great Drew Massey from Game Time Sports and Training. And Drew is a uh, – he's in uh, Murray County, Tennessee. Uh, so interesting fact about Murray County, Tennessee is it's open. And it's open for business. And we are sitting and recording this podcast on a Tuesday. And Drew was open yesterday. So he has two full days of operating experience. Uh, Two more days than most of us uh, listening (laughs) to this probably do. Um, But Drew is a client of mine. He is actually currently going through the six-week new client surge program which originally was supposed to end on March 15th. And uh, we we actually had module five today. Um, We took a six week detour. Uh, So we were going through the program, it's six modules and we were going through the program and literally this COVID thing hit. And I was like, all right, we're not doing, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be talking about websites today (laughs) when there's a a national pandemic in the world. Uh, So we shifted our calls and I think we did like six calls uh, once a week for the last six weeks in the search. So the, the people that joined the new client search program this round, uh, they got some bonus time uh, for sure. But um, absolutely we did. It was fantastic. <laughs> good, good. Uh, happy to do it. Uh, I know, Cause I know it's what the, the industry needs right now. Um, so, so Drew has gone through, uh, is going through that program. And as we were speaking, he was telling me he was open and I asked him to come on the show. I mean, I've had Plummer on, I've had Rick on, um, but no one has been on the show that's legitimately been already been open. Rick, I had Rick on, but Rick was on the show before he actually before opened. Before he could open. Um, so we have uh, someone with a vast amount of experience uh, being open post-COVID. Two days, um, baby. So he's, he's got some experience. He's got a lot of stuff under his belt. Now, please know this. Before we get into it, um, all of the rules and regulations that you will have to follow are totally going to be based on your state. And in this case, even in Drew's case, his county, um, because Drew was on the call today um, from Mur- on Murray County. And uh, earlier today, we were on the surge call. And there was another member of the surge program that was in what was the other county he was in? He's in Davidson County, which is Davidson where our County, state capital is in Nashville. Which is yeah. in Nashville, and mm-hmm. they are closed. They so are. you have Tennessee, you have Tennessee, the state of Tennessee, you have some areas where it's closed, some areas where it's open. Who knows what's <laughs> going to happen? Makes the rules right now, man. <laughs> so it's crazy. So whatever Drew says today and whatever he shares, you know that you know, there may be things that you'll have to do differently with your state. Uh, you just have to really look to your your governor or your you know really whoever <laughs> oversees the county. It's it's crazy. Um, so I appreciate Drew. Appreciate you being here, man. Thank you. Hey, I just wanted to take this opportunity to say thanks. Number one for uh, for doing what you did during all this and and shifting gears when all this hit and understanding that hey somebody's got to take the reins and, and, and talk about this and, and not everybody's going through the same thing, but everybody's being affected by the same thing. You did a fantastic job. I, I consider myself and uh, my partner Taylor, cons- we consider ourselves very lucky to be in this particular surge realm 
um, it, it, because of, of your leadership and because of the things that you got on and said, hey, these are things you need to start thinking about. You know, uh, one of the things that hit home with me is, you know, we were both playing the, because initially we were going to be closed for two weeks and then we were going to be closed for another week. So one of the things that you said was, hey, don't put a timetable on this. You know, and you gave the story of the of of the folks that were in prisoners of war and things like that. And and one of the secrets was, you know, the people that didn't do as well were the ones that were like, oh well, we'll be out by Christmas or we'll be out right, by, right. by whatever. Um, so that's kind of when I looked at that. I was like, okay, like let's just pretend that this is our normal and this is how we're going to survive for the rest of the time, and then it'll be a blessing when it when it lifts and. Uh, so again, thank you very much for your leadership and, and for what you did above and beyond what was probably even necessary. And uh, secondly, just thanks for uh, for having me on. It's an honor to uh, to be here. No, my pleasure. I appreciate that very much. And we've had uh, it's been a lot, man. It's a, I, I remember the first when this thing broke. Um, we had Zoom. I, I must have done a Zoom call every day for like eight days in a row. <laughs> Um, in, in terms of like coaching people through this. And, and the reality was like, I was like coaching you guys through it, but this was like all new to me too. It was happening to me at the same time. So it wasn't like something I can, you know, I had a vast amount of experience with. Um, so, you know, it, it, it but it, it was great. I mean, I think a lot of the guys uh, in the surge program have done really, really well. I know, um, everyone in the mastermind is holding strong right now. So right. it is, uh, it's good. Well, I'm, I'm happy to have you on and, um, just give us a little bit. So you own game time sports training, uh, just to give us a real brief background of your business. Excuse me. I know you train adults and athletes. Just give us a little break then so we can get a visual of what kind of gym you're actually running. So it's a performance fitness facility geared towards uh, both uh, the general population and the athletic population. Uh, we've got some college guys in there right now just outside the door here uh, that are, you know, have been home and, and whatnot. So uh, we believe there's an athlete in everybody, just like a lot of, a lot of folks do, um, a lot of businesses like myself. Um, and, you know, we're just here to help people real, realize, excuse me, their human potential. And we believe that that's done through health and fitness and strength and conditioning and, and, and those kinds of things. So that's kind of who we are. That's uh, who our market is. We, we definitely train more adults than we do uh, from an athlete standpoint, just from a general population standpoint. But, uh, but, but they're all, they all have a game day and they all have to perform, whether that be the duties of a, you know, mom taking care of a family while dad's at work or, um, you know, we train a lot of tactical guys around our area mm. uh, with both the uh, U.S. Army and uh, and our local fire department here. So that's that's who we are in a nutshell. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. So you got I know that we, we've talked a lot about, you know, I don't even remember what we talked about on this podcast, to, to be honest. Like I've done so much of this stuff. Like I don't even remember what was said and where. And um, so um, you had, when you closed, you obviously shifted to online, right? So you had a certain amount of your members that you shifted to online. Give us a little brief insight on what you did. Um, and did you keep charging your members the same rate? Did you reduce the rate? Just give us a little background on that part. Okay. So yes, absolutely. We got the word that we were going to have to shut down on a Sunday. 
Now, we were open roughly one week later than a lot of other businesses closed. Uh, so we had a plan and our plan was this, when we, we knew it was coming, we were just gonna stay open. Our members wanted us to stay open. They felt safe, they felt comfortable. So we stayed open. And when we got the word to shut down Vince, we had a plan that we called, we developed a Corona kit because the number one problem when people, when we were going to shut down is people were worried about what they were going to do to maintain their health at their home and body weight will only get you so far. So we knew the number one problem was access to equipment. Um, so what we did was we developed a Corona kit when they shut down, we had a four hour window on a Sunday that allowed them to come in and pick up a perform better mini band, a perform better super band, um, a resistance tube and a kettlebell or dumbbell of their choice. They could pick whatever. So we kind of leased out, rented out, gave away, so to speak, our equipment. But what it allowed us to do was deliver more effective programming because we knew what our people had access to. Yeah, good. So they came and got that. And then we started to deliver programs in one of three ways. We did a Facebook uh, workout every night. And then we did a live Facebook workout every morning. So every morning we were live and then we would film um, clips of the, of, a, of a new particular workout. And we would put that out at night so that people needed, if they needed to wake up earlier than what we were going to do our live version, they had access to it. And then that way people could replay back that live, that live stream. The other thing that we had a couple of months ago around October, November, we purchased a package with True Coach, which is an online training platform. Um, so people that had maybe a full gym at their house uh, and could still get full programming, those folks were added onto our True Coach platform and they got those, those training sessions that way. So we had a couple of different avenues where people could reach out. We immediately started a private Facebook group. Uh, I think Facebook blew any other social media avenue from a standpoint of getting everybody in one together yeah. um, they blew anybody else away and that allowed us to have one central location where our members could go to get the programming to get the training sessions but then they also had that option of that true coach now what we did with our pricing in april everybody paid full price and then in may we went to a a unified online pricing structure that did two things for us. It allowed us to still generate some revenue in May and our members, it gave them a little bit of a gift saying, thank you for supporting us through April uh, when we were closed for you know the entire month. So everybody went to that new online price. So, um, that's that's basically kind of what we did from a membership standpoint and also from a from a delivery standpoint as well okay great great and so um so now that they're so they so you reduce the payments in may yes sir and so uh but you're back in the gym now so will you just keep those payments the payments yes we just kept the same payments in may and got now it. everybody will move to their regular payment in june in june got it Okay, great, great. 
Um, so I kind of want to move forward to, uh, because it's, it's funny how quickly this stuff goes, because how you used to train your members online is kind of old news. With, with a caveat, though, right? With a caveat to that is, and I know for me personally, and it's what a lot what my webinar is going to be out about this week, is the survey results I got were 31.9% of my members are coming back to the gym right away, leaving 70% not sure what they're doing. So you can, you can guarantee you that you're going to need to continue all of that stuff you're doing, which, which brings a lot of conundrum um, to it. Before I get into that in terms of the balancing of it, um, Drew, what was the response um, when, from your members when you announced that you were going to be able to be open? So when we initially announced our reopening, the response that we were going to be open again was great via our Facebook group. Um, everybody was happy for us. Everybody was glad we were going to be able to get back to work. So the initial excitement was definitely there. However, you still had some of those members that my, I take care of my grandmother and she's yep. immunocompromised or I have terrible asthma. I don't feel comfortable coming back to the gym. Or How are they expressing these things to you? Are they emailing you about it privately? What they, they are. They, they're either emailing privately or they are reaching out via you know, Facebook Messenger. And, what are, and what are they saying? Are they saying that they don't want to come back? Like what are, they, what are they actually saying to you? We haven't had anybody that has said we are not coming back. Now, we have Good. had people say that I don't feel comfortable. I'll, I'll see you in June. I don't feel comfortable. I'm going to hold off for another month. Now, we have had people that, and this is one of the things that I was going to say when I got on here. I don't know that we've seen the, the completion of the fallout yet yeah. because this thing has affected everybody differently. People are now having to work differently. Like we had a member that has been a member for since we opened and she, you know, starts her email out with, Hey, it's with a heavy heart that I, I have to tell you that I am working and she's in the medical, she's in the medical field. I'm working at two different clinics. So I'm being, I'm here in the morning and then I'm here in the afternoon and I can't make the sessions. So I'm need to, to cancel my membership. Uh, you know, so I, I don't, until we see how this has affected our members from a personal level, not, I think we, I don't know that we've seen the end of, of the fallout from, from, from this yet. So you, you had people, you know, you announced now here, here's just for, for you guys listening to this. Drew's in Murray County. Currently, Murray County has eight active uh, cases of COVID, correct? That, yeah, that was as of Friday. We had, uh, like I said, 44, 44 to 45. So it's not like we're in a hot spot and we've had eight, I think, Eight were, was the active cases, so we've had, you know, roughly thirty something have recovered. I don't even know where it is in New Jersey right now. I couldn't even. I guess. can tell you right now, <laughs> it is. And uh, I mean, we there, there there is. I mean, we've had uh, members that have had it, um, and there was a nursing home literally right next to my gym. Oh wow! Through the woods. Uh, it's not like right next to it in terms of like it's it's it, it's separated by woods, right? Um, but uh, twenty deaths wow. in that nursing home. Um, wow. 
literally blocks away, you know? So it, it's, it's, it's very different in, you know, what area you're in and what, what it's been affected by. So you're in like a not real hot spot, but you're still getting people that are somewhat, you know, wigged out yeah. a little bit. And okay. So talk about uh, what, and again, when he talks about, when Drew talks about what he was required to do by the state and you don't have to give us everything, but give us like a, a, a little bit of a, an update on what you were required to do from a state perspective to be able to run your business. Okay. So I'll give you a little back uh, background about where we are in relationship to like the other gentleman that you mentioned on our search call. I am about 45 minutes south of Nashville. Now in that 45 minutes, you're going to go from Davidson County to Williamson County to Murray County. So I'm two counties away. The reason for them being closed and us being able to be open is Davidson County is the home of our state capital, Nashville, Tennessee. They are run by completely, they have their own health department that dictates what has to happen in Davidson County. Our health department is ran by the state. So that's why you, you have those two separating deals and Nashville's a hot spot. So a lot of the reason that our um, situation is slightly a little bit different. A lot of our people will drive 45 minutes and they'll work in Nashville. So they have seen it in a hot spot they're not necessarily seeing it here, but that still is enough for them to say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm not comfortable coming back into the gym. So when we got the word that we could reopen, of course, we looked through our state guidelines and there are three major groups that when you're going to reopen, you're going to have to look at as a business owner or as a coach that's going to work at the facility. Um, one, how am I going to have to operate and structure my business differently? both from a organizational standpoint and a logistics standpoint. That's one. Mm -hmm. Number two, what are my, what am I going to ask our employees to do? What is the protocol for our employees? And number three, what is the protocol for the end user experience? What's that consumer um, guidelines? What are those guidelines going to look like? So if I had to tell, cause I think that could, probably be more general when you're say, allowed say those to again, say those again yes sir so we've got number one how am i going to operate my business differently from both an operational standpoint and a logistical standpoint so that would in terms of operating that would, would the cleaning protocol be within that yes sir yep okay. how are we going to clean how are we going to what's it going to look like what areas are we going to rope off what areas are we going to space out and then again from a logistical standpoint Okay, good. And then the next one was employees. Employees, what are we going to ask our employees to do? And then third is what are we going to ask that end user member, consumer, what are we going to ask our members to do? Okay. So for those of you who are listening to this, it's actually a good kind of guide to follow, not knowing what the specifics will be for you, but it's, it's, some, it's a good way to think. I like things in threes too, because I think it makes it really simple, but think about how you're going to operate your business, how, what your employees are going to be required to do. And what about the end user experience? Meaning what are they required to do? Will they be required to wear masks and gloves and things like that? So that's great. Excellent. Well, thank you. Yeah. That's, so that's, that's kind of what we're looking at right now. And then that's, that was the plan when, 
we got the call on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, I believe, that we could open on a Friday. So we had two days to kind of put a lot of this, these things in, into play. So, but when we looked at it and we said, okay, how are we going to chunk a lot of these guidelines down? That basically those three areas are where we needed to look at on how to operate. Okay, great. And, and can you give us any of the specifics in terms of the operating your business? What, um, yeah, so I'll do the, the, I'll, the business part is probably a little bit more detailed, uh, but we can do, uh, we can go ahead and do um, employees and members. If you want to do that, yeah, we'll look yeah. at that. So first off, you have to have staff to get back to work, right? So we'll do employees first. One of the things that we did uh, on our state guidelines, they gave us a pre-screening questionnaire. It's about four questions long. It's, you know, have you been in close contact with anybody that has had COVID or that has COVID? Number two, um, are you experiencing any kind of shortness of breath, uh, diarrhea, any kind of medical problem, you know, currently? Uh, number three, um, are, do you currently have a temperature, right? How, how is your temperature? Um, do they make you take the temperature for your so, staff? So our staff, every day when they come in, we, we have them go through that screening. Just mentally ask yourself those things. Now, when we, when we step in the door, all those questions are immediately to the left of where you come in. So you literally so can come in. Yep, we posted those. We posted Did you have those. to do that? We did not have to do that. These were just. So that's a just, that's an example that you took that you said, all right, we don't have to do this, but well, I've been saying this till I've been blue in the face for the last few days. A, a lot of this is about optics, right? What yeah. it looks like from you're, the outside to your members. exactly remembers. right. I could not agree with, you said that today in our call. I could not agree with that more. It is, you have to look at optics. What is the perception are you taking action? Yeah, and it doesn't mean you're trying to trick anybody or anything like that. It really just means that you're going to do everything you can. But when you're doing everything you can, you do your you damn well better everyone make sure everyone sees it. Yes. Right? Having yes. wipes. I always tell the story. We have had wipes in my gym forever. Right. But right. where we strategically had them, you won't walk into the facility and know that immediately that there's wipes there. Versus exactly. if you move them to the middle of the floor, now all of a sudden you can't help but see these big towers of wipes. Mm -hmm. So a lot of this is about, the, and I think that's a great point that you make, is about the sheet and posting it. Um, mm -hmm. We're doing something similar on ours is we're having a 15-minute uh, window of cleaning in between sessions and we're going to post a checklist and we're going to post that checklist everywhere. It's kind of like you go to a public restroom and in a public right. restroom, there's a signature for the man or for the person to clean the bathroom and they yeah, sign yeah, their name yes, and sir. you can yep. see when the bathroom was cleaned. Well, same thing. You're going to see that what is the protocol that are, so a, a lot of this is about the optics and don't take that for trying to trick anybody. Really. It's just about, um, that you're getting, making sure that whatever you're doing to make the experience safer is seen. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I consider it like it's, it's the same thing as like, I'm reading a book right now that has to do with manners anyway. Uh, but well, you called me, uh, sir. So I, right. is that why you always call me, sir? Or is that no, I, I, that's probably my mom. My, my mom will be really happy with me. Um, So I'm reading a book right now and it's one of those things that, you know, manners isn't a problem 
as long as they're being done and all the time and things like that. Manners is only an issue when they're used inappropriately or they're not used at all, right? If you use great manners, nobody is the wiser. But if you use poor manners, that is, that is like a light bulb going off. So uh, when people are thinking about this in their gyms, like all you're doing is you're pulling the curtain back saying, you know, this is all this. We've always had this in place. Now we want to make it more visible. We've always wiped down equipment. We're going to make this more visible. Our wipes are the exact same thing. Our wipes and hand sanitizer used to be on the other side of the counter. Now they're right where you come in to check in. They're right there. That's the first two things that you see when you come in. For our bucket, like we used to do our wipes and we didn't have the nice towers where the, the trash can was right there. Like you'd have to physically walk to another one. So now we went and we gotten these nice little little buckets right there and they're placed all over the gym so people can can put their wipes right there. But you look in the floor and it looks different because now it's like, okay, I, this is where I put this or whatever. So I think that that is a huge um, I think that's a huge advantage. Let your members see that you're you're taking a proactive approach to these guidelines and to these things that may have you know that you may have to do a little differently. Not that you weren't doing them before, but you may have to just do it a little bit differently and highlight them a little bit better. Very good, very good. Okay, so you had the you know the thing for the the operating your business, the asking the employees. Um, on what to do, and they you basically had a few questions, and obviously the end user experience. Uh, I know a lot of people are, have asked this question. We talked about today on the surge call um, was the topic of masks, right? And th- I am I, I I am deathly afraid of the masks. I really am. It yep. really is a concern to me. Um, I want people to wear masks, but I don't. I don't want right. the, the virus to spread, but I also don't want someone having a panic attack while they're working out, right? Because their their mouth is covered. Yep. So um, what were you required to do from a mask perspective? Okay. From a mask perspective. So if our employees ask themselves those four questions, then we take their temperature when they're here. So we have a non-contact thermometer. We take their temperature when they come in. um, And then, you know, obviously they're allowed to work, but we are requiring our employees to work with a mask. I've coached in a mask for the last two days it is uncomfortable. It's hot. It, the, the air obviously gets trapped in the mask, but you can do it. You can coach in it. You're going to have to enunciate your words better. Your coaching demonstrations are going to have to become crisper, but you can do it. I will say this. I would not be comfortable putting our members and saying they have to wear it as well. And here's the reason why when we first started this, I went through a little bit of a workout in my mask and your breathing is very, very compromised. And if you've ever been on one of those metabolic tests in college, you can remember like trying to run on a treadmill with this big tube out of your mouth. It's, it's hard. It's more difficult. So I think that people are going to be uncomfortable. Number one, I don't obviously, you know, don't want them to have a panic attack, but number two, that experience is like, if I've got to do this every day, I'm just going to go back and go do virtual because at least at my home, I don't have to be in a mask. So we are allowing members to make their own choice as to whether or not they, they wear a mask while they train. I can say for the members that have been here, none of our members have wore a mask. Okay. Interesting. 
Um, none of them have wore masks. Now, they have worn a mask into the facility. They take their mask off. They did a spin class and then leaving the facility, they put the mask on. No problem. No, fine. If that's what you, that, that's great, you know. Um, but we have not had any members uh, say or come in and try to train through a mask. Okay, great. Um, so how did you communicate to your members? What were the things that you were going to do to keep them safe? Okay. So there's the uh, cleaning side of it. There's social distancing, which I do want to get to, you know, what it's like to coach from six feet away. Right. Uh, us, us as hands-on, you know, beings and you're a great coach. We can get your hands all over people. Um, but we can't do that anymore. So first go with, how did you announce um, to your members um, what, what it was like? So, because we've been in your great six week surge program, we had a really good idea as to how we're going to get this information out. Um, private Facebook group, number one, we made a video so they could visibly see what we were going to ask them to do. Uh, number two, we sent out uh, an e email to each individual member uh, listing the things that we were doing from a business standpoint, from an employee standpoint, and what we were going to expect them to do. So, uh, you know, Facebook group and email were our initial ones. And then we did one on our website as well. We posted what we're, what we're going to look for, uh, on our website as well as we were, we were able to open up. So have you done anything, um, in externally to let your community know what you're doing and how you're keeping it clean, uh, more from a marketing, uh, perspective? Yes. So if you go back and look at some of our Facebook stories and, and Instagram stories and things like that. Um, also, you know, a lot of that's being done through social media. You know, what are, what are our procedures? What are we doing? How are we wiping down things? Uh, one of our guidelines is to wipe down common areas every two hours. So we just set a phone to go off every two hours, make sure that we're, you know, uh, doing that kind of thing. Um, from that standpoint, but the one thing that we are doing is we're highlighting that via social media, like, yeah. you know, here's coach drew coaching a mask and there's the uh, optics again. Yeah. Like here, our numbers are capped. So one of the things that Tennessee did was they allowed um, members to, and retail stores and restaurants to open at 50% capacity. We are allowed to open at 50% capacity as well. But one of the things we had to look at was our, our, it was by fire code, you know, so our building might could hold, you know, 300 right. people. So it so, wasn't like you could, tr your, your capacity wasn't limited to, you had six people and now you can only have three. It was more right. of, you can have 150 people in your location, so you can only have 75 at a time. Right. Bodes very well for us. Right. Very yeah, well. exa yeah, exactly. So, so we looked at and said, okay, uh, you know, we probably, so we capped our, our member classes we capped our classes and we prevented them from having to come in and physically have to check in uh, you know we had them we went we have mind body as our software so we require all of them to to register for classes early that way we eliminate that communal everybody gathering around that that check-in board smart people checking in online has gone very very well excellent okay so you did a great sounds like you did a great job of communicating um, you know, all, all of this, uh, to the members, it's, it's funny. I want to, I want to go back to something you said 
uh, before I move forward, but it, it was something that really pissed me off. <laughs> Not what you said, but in right. general. So, yep. um, so when you were giving the equipment away, mm-hmm. so I, I was one of the first gyms in America to close. Okay. Cause I closed before everyone, um, I closed before everyone was forced to close. I decided to make an executive decision and close uh, early. So I was one of the first gyms in America that closed. And I believe in my, according to my records, right, that I was the first person to rent out the equipment. It was my idea. And all of you guys have stolen my idea. (laughs) And I can count on two hands, 10 of my mastermind members that have gotten on the news oh, for wow. giving away equipment <laughs> with my idea. And I've never <laughs> been on the news. It was my idea. I invented it. I invented the equipment. Inventing rental. The, the equipment rental. I love it. I I'll give you credit it. for that. Absolutely. And uh, everyone, but it's so funny. Like in the mastermind, every other day is a post. Hey, I'm going on the news today. I'm going on the news today for giving my, uh, for, for giving our equipment away. Uh, yeah. But I'm just busting, I'm just busting chops. But it was, uh, it was, I tell you, it was, it was a really cool thing to do. I don't know if, if you're listening to this and you did give your equipment away. Um, it, it was such a community builder and a cool thing to do. Let me, let me skip to, all right, you made the announcement. You did a good job of keeping people at bay on the online program. You, you're now open. You got a good amount of your clients back. We know that those numbers are remain to be seen because it's only the second day. Right. Um, what's, what's the, um, what's it like, right? Um, well, actually, before we get into what's it like for the coaching side of it, how have you set up your sessions? How many people are you training at once right now? And are you uh, having people share equipment? Are you giving people their own equipment? Are they in their own space? Kind of talk about the setup of that. Okay. So number one, we have capped our um, class size to 12 and we felt like we could do 12. We have a, and we're, we're not like everybody else, and we understand that that, that we have a 7,000-square-foot indoor turf field in our facility. So when you space out 12 people in that 7,000-square-foot turf field, everybody can have literally their own little 10-yard lane, um, So and they're six feet away from the, the next person. So we just spaced out our, our field that way, So and we felt like we could get 12 in there comfortably, and they wouldn't be, you know, they wouldn't be close to each other. So that's our cat, that, that's our, that's our, you know, basically our, our class size. And then we felt like that if we were going to operate somewhat similar to how we operated before, is that we could take three exercises or three different stations and put four people in each of those stations in different areas of the gym and get the, and coach them that way, that way that they're, they're separated individually, but also the group is never in the same place at the same time, so to speak. So that's one of the ways that we, that we definitely set up. Like for instance, today we take our adults through a power section after our warm up. And we had four people doing a core exercise against a wall on the other wall. We had four people throwing med balls and then on the other, and then on our boxes, we had people, uh, you know, jumping, jumping onto our box. We had box jumps uh, today in our, our yesterday in our, in our program. So 
basically, you know, the people are spread out individually and the group is never in the same place at the same time. Um, you know, with that being said, um, we had bench press today on our, on our, on our program. There are five different benches. You do your three sets or whatever, wipe down your, wipe down your bench, wipe down your bar, and then you can move to the next grouping of exercise, you know, the next exercise, the next, you know, station over there. The thing that you're going to have to think about is what can, number one, what can people wipe down themselves fairly quickly? And like, we are not using ropes because um, ropes that they're harder to wipe off than a dumbbell or a kettlebell. And then, so you have to program your training sessions based on, do you have enough equipment for everybody in your group to have their own? So we always tell people, if we're using cables, you're always using this cable. You are all, you always using this cable. And then when you're done, you wipe that handle down. And then you can move on to say med ball exercise and you go grab your med ball use that med ball, then you wipe that med ball down and then you go. So like things like assault bikes that we have right now, um, we're, we're, we're limiting our use a lot on that, if at all, saving that for people that may not can, a lot of our conditioning is done on the turf because like I said, like everybody can have their own lane, but if you can't run due to ankle or whatever, then obviously, you know, you can use the bike and we can wipe that down individually. So I think that's going to be a big part of people going back is making a space that used to fit this much equipment and now you've got to make a bigger space but less equipment does that make sense yeah so for sure talk, talk about um obviously you know your your social distancing between members meaning you're putting members in different areas of the gym but um, what I, and I've been doing the walkthrough in my gym and kind of visualizing what it's like for my trainers to coach people. But, um, you, there, there's, there's this kind of, you know, uh, when you're coaching somebody, you have be, just yelling across the room usually doesn't cut it. Right and now. It's like, almost like we've, we've been forced to become bad coaches. <laughs> like, hey, get your chest out. You know, it's just like, right. you know, that's not, but that's kind of what we have to do. So your visual or sorry, your verbal cueing, uh, this is where Nick Winkleman needs to come in and start yeah, talk more about absolutely. his external like His, bu his book could not have come out at a better time, right? Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, so, so, so getting better at the – because you don't have the ability to put your hands on people right now. Right. So talk about that from your coaching's perspective. Um, two, two parts to this question. One, how did you prepare your coaches for that? Two – um, what was it like in the last, and I know it's only been two days, but what it's been, what's, what's it been like coaching from a distance like that? And is there anything that you found out in the last, you know, 12 hours that you could share that maybe would help? Yeah. So one of the things that you're going to, now you're working against two different things because you're having to be louder, right? Because you're six feet away. And you're also trying to overcome if you're playing music. People haven't seen people in a long time, so they're conversing. And you've got a mask on. Yeah, yeah. So you're – and this is where I think that two things 
you know, when we talked, we talked a little bit about our, and we haven't brought all of our coaches back yet. We're operating on a very skeleton staff until we see how this works. Did you furlough them? Um, we didn't. We actually had enough where we could basically continue to pay them a little bit of what they were making, and we made sure um, that that we were in contact with them. And I checked in with them about once a week to see how they were doing. So, so we did not have to furlough to furlough anybody over the six weeks. Uh, I'd say if there's one thing that anyone needs to take from this pandemic, it's two words, cash reserves. Liquid, right? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It it, it is like, I can't like, you know, the people that have a lot of cash reserves, you know, albeit it's stressful, it's not nearly as stressful for the people that had no access to to capital, right? right? You know, it's just like yeah, it was hard watching that go down every week. I'll tell yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. And then and then for the people to be like, you know, if the PPP doesn't come in, I'm screwed, you know, to have to rely on that. And again, if you get it, use it. But, you know, if there's anything you learn from this, it, it, it's it's be safe. I mean, I, I tell every young trainer that I come across and every business owner I come across, I was like, you have to put money away every month. Yep. You have to put money away every month, no matter yep. how much, how little you're making, um, you know, and it's, it's just, so. It, you're, you're exactly right. And I, if I, if I didn't give you credit for the equipment thing, I'll give you credit for this. <laughs> um, one of the big things that you said early on, early on, uh, I think maybe first or second week, and then everybody came out with PPP or SBA or whatever, you know, whatever it looked like. You, you said this, you said, if you can pay it, pay it. I don't care if people are telling you that, you know, we'll delay it or, or we can do it in, you know, in six months and we'll just take that long, you know, we'll take that money and we'll just separate, we'll divide it out by the remainder of the months in the year. You came back and said, if you have to do that, do that. But if you can pay it in full, pay it in full. And then you know, then you can look at your, you know, if the PPP comes through or, or whatever that looks like. Are, so, are you, sorry, are you talking about your rent? What are you? I'm talking about, yeah, like anything overhead. Yeah, absolutely. Rent, right, right, right. like any of those, any of that, any of that overhead. Uh, and we, we, we were lucky. Like we were lucky Like we, we were able to do that and we were able to pay uh, the things that we were required to pay and, and, and things like that. So again, uh, very lucky, but I can't, if we had not had, any of those in reserves uh, where I'm talking to you in a very different tone right now. Yeah. I mean, from a, probably from the back patio of my house where I'm still trying to find a job, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but, but yeah, absolutely. So we, we did. That, so you, that. you, you investing in the six week new client search program didn't bank, didn't bankrupt you. No, it did not. It's it's been a very wise investment. It has proved to be a very wise investment on our part so far. Yeah. Very good. Awesome. Um, Okay. So the second part of that question now, um, talk about what it's like for your, your team to be coaching from a distance. Like what is the report back? What is the, you know, you've been doing this for two days now. What are your coaches, you know, I know you're coaching too. What is, what is it like, uh, you know, when you're out there? 
Um, so day two, I walk in and my coach looks at me and he's like, Hey, how long we got to do this? Um, if you could see me now, you could see the red part on my nose where mine fits over. Um, it, it's a challenge. It really is. a When challenge. he said, how long you're going to do this meaning coach for the mask. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, like yeah, how long yeah. do we have to do this? Uh, yeah. you know, uh, and things like that. So, uh, about one day in that mask. And I think it's going to be like something else is, is we're just going to have to adapt to that because no matter what, like the mask, no matter what you wear, your, your, your words come out mumbled. So that's why I've, you know, we've said, you know, you're going to have to slow down talking and you're going to have to enunciate better, especially, and it's got to be loud. Like it has to be loud. You're six feet away from people. So, you, you know, and there's 12 of them. So the other thing that is going to have to be crisp, in my opinion, is your demonstration. Um, you know, the things that you used to, and we've all been there as a coach. You, you've seen these people come in. They know how to do a goblet squat. So uh, after you've – if that's in your program, like, all right, guys, we've got, you know, three sets of ten goblet squats. You know, here's your heel lift or whatever you're using. Um, now you're having to – if you know, I'm telling, like, make sure that you're demonstrating, you're demonstrating everything. Like you are, your demonstrations are crisp. They're exactly what you are wanting to get out of the exercise. Um, because people have been at their house. We've been given yeah. online stuff, but as you know, you know, zoom, you can see it a little bit, Facebook live. We couldn't see it, but you know, you're going to have to make sure that those demonstrations are very crisp and your instructions are not confusing. And what I mean by that is we're going to do a goblet squat. I want you to put the kettlebell or dumbbell under your chin, right? I want your heels on the flat ground or whatever cue you use. We tell people to Velcro their heels to the ground yep. and then pretend there's a bucket or box or however you're going to cue that. We tell them, you know, and Nick would Nick would say the same thing. Uh, you know, like I said, his book came out in a great time. But, you know, no more than three things. Like, I want – this is what your starting position should look like. This is how you execute that. This is what you want to look out for from a technical standpoint. Those three things and then hush because the more you start to talk, the more you start to – you know, do that, the, the more your words are going to be jumbled, they're going to come through the mask awkward, and, 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 you know, you're not going to give those people clear instructions. So I think those are the things that, from a coaching standpoint, where we used to could say, we're going to do goblet squats, and then if you saw somebody doing something incorrectly, you could go over very close to them, put your hands on them if you have to, get them in the right position, fix what you need to fix. Can't do that anymore, right? Yeah. So now you're having to coach – you're having to do that with your words, with your body language, and with your demonstrations. Awesome. Awesome. Really great. I mean, this has been uh, really powerful. And just, just to hear, it, it's like, it's almost like you're on like this different planet because you're like, you're, you're now like one of the only gyms open in America and we're all still sitting here idle you know, not able to get in the game. Um, right. you, do, you, do you have an idea of where your capacity is at? Like how many of your active members are going to come back 
uh, now as opposed to waiting a few weeks or months or whatever? Do you, do you have an idea? We have an idea. We have, like I said, we haven't ran our uh, complete numbers yet because we're only sitting at the end of, well, halfway, halfway at the end of day two. We have a couple more sessions tonight. But uh, with our class size capacity at 12, um, we are running full 12-person classes for three three of them in the morning and then our fourth one is a little bit less we only have you know maybe three or four in that but from a total membership standpoint i would still say that you know we have not seen probably 60 to 65 percent of the normal people that we're that we're used to seeing yeah. um a lot of them are still so that you know leads into the what are you doing for those like we're still trying to figure out the best way to offer that hybrid you know in-house training session but still give a, a high quality product a uh, high quality you know service to the people that are still at home let's talk about that for a second before we wrap it up but just can you can you shine some light on to that we talked about that on the surge call of the the importance of that mm -hmm. about balancing the two and mm -hmm. not knowing that if a certain percentage of your members are not coming back they're going to keep continue the online and um they still want to have a good experience and absolutely it has taken a full-time effort. You know, I know on our end, it's been, it's been a full, I mean, I feel like there are some businesses that either that close, like, so um, some businesses have just closed their doors and not really reached out to their members much. Then there's the other businesses that just, they kind of like kept doing, you know, what they were doing. They were doing classes, but they're doing now, they do them online and they deliver a couple classes a day. Um, and then there's the people like myself and you who I think, kind of went and delivered this unbelievable experience in terms of giving them workouts, giving them nutrition, giving them support. Um, and I think that that's going to take us all a long way, but the challenge you're faced right now with um, how do you balance the two? You have some trainers that need to be in the gym. You have some, you know, uh, trainers that need to be, you know, doing the online stuff. How, what's the plan right now to balance all that? So the plan, and that is still something I'll be very transparent. That's still something we're trying to figure out ourselves. I did not like what we did yesterday, which we tried to do a kind of a hybrid where I would coach the people that were in the facility, but I would also uh, give an equivalent uh, exercise to the people that were watching uh, via, via live and things like that. In my mind, I didn't feel like I could give the people that were here the right attention, and I didn't feel like I could give the people watching from home the right attention. And even the people from home said, hey, yeah, that's fine. You know, we, yeah, we got a good workout. We understood what you're asking us to do. But I could tell, like, that the quality just wasn't there. So we got a couple other ideas uh, uh, coming out there that I would say that that's going to be very difficult. I think what we need to do, and I talked to Taylor, who I'm just going to go ahead since I've got a little bit of a plat. He has been, he's our, he's our co-director. He's, he's my right-hand man. He, he has from six weeks when we, he's been unbelievable. Taylor Ellis is his name and he has been an absolute genius. I know you've met him. He's come smart. to your facility, very yep. smart individual. He on a day's notice changed our marketing plan for getting people to come to the gym to try to get people out. We signed up three or four members just to have online because their facilities weren't doing anything. So they came to us, right. you know, and, and, and that is all Taylor's, that's all Taylor's doing. He's, he's done an outstanding, outstanding job. Awesome. But 
I think going back to what we're talking about from a, how do we do this hybrid thing? I think you're going to have to coach your people that come to your sessions. Then I think you're going to have to carve out a dedicated time to the live workout, to the zoom workout, to however you're delivering your online platform. Like you're going to have to carve out some time, uh, which also means you're going to have to pay some coaches to come in and do uh, something so that that, that product doesn't start, you know, doesn't, doesn't um, doesn't derail itself, you know, just because you can't deliver that same kind of quality of service. So I think you, I think, I think gyms are going to have, well, we're going to do that today. And, 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 yep. yeah, and, I'll, and I'll be talking about it a lot more on my webinar this Friday. Yeah. I can't wait. Um, for that. But, but yeah. And, and here's the thing too, I'm, I'm, you know, going to do It's so it's crazy that, you know, my goal is to help as many people as possible, but in a situation like this, it's like, there's, there's, there's not a lot of right answers until you actually do it for your market and your clients and your members and stuff like that. So I'm going to do my best to give everyone, you know, enough information that they can make their own decisions to, to go off and be, and to do what's successful. I won't sure. sit here on my soapbox and lens say, this is the way you have to do it. Um, but there, there, there are good logical ways to think through it. So, uh, Drew, thank you. Um, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on. Check out Drew at, at Game Time Sports and Training. Um, he's in Murray County in Tennessee. And oh, yeah. uh, I, I know that you've done some speaking as well, right? I know you, uh, Andy, yes. uh, our friend Andy McCloy has yeah. you on yeah, his. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he is chomping at the bit right now in Alabama. They hadn't opened for it, I think, yeah. Uh, but Andy and is he I open? Is he open, Andy? He's not yet. He's not, Andy's, open yet. Uh, he's not yet. I, I feel like they'll probably be sometime next week. Maybe. Right. Um, I don't. I'm not. Like I said, we're only an hour, so we're kind of right in the middle. I'm right in the middle of Nashville, but an hour south of me is uh, is is the northern part of Alabama. So I think he's gonna be. He is. He's chomping at the. He's done a great job too with his virtual stuff fantastic fantastic job great. we've talked yeah no he's such a great a coach yeah. yeah absolutely so yeah so there you but, go andy mccloy you get a little shout out you yeah. listen to the fu podcast but yep we uh he had to shut that down so we're waiting to see when maybe that um that uh sports performance mentorship can happen and looking forward to jumping back into into the speaking role a little bit that's awesome good good awesome well great great insight i got a good page of notes here um, we'll put those things in uh, the show notes sure. and uh, really helpful stuff. Great stuff today, Drew. Thank you so much for coming on. You are, you, like I said, man, you've been a godsend for us the last couple of weeks through all this. So it was my pleasure. And if I can help anybody out there, please feel free. I'm, uh, you know, Facebook or Instagram, Massey Strength Coach, please feel free to, to reach out. I'll be glad to help anybody that I can. Awesome. Thanks so much, Drew. Thank you.